Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Jose. I'm Mike. And we have recently seen Red Sparrow. Yeah. Um, which I avoided going to at the movies. I don't know why. I think maybe it was the length and the bad reviews that might have stopped me from going. I wanted to see it. I don't Did know why you? we didn't. Yeah, yeah I kind of. I, I don't know why we didn't either, because I love Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, in any case, it passed us both by, uh, and I just happened to see it at Tesco's the other day, and I picked it up, mm-hmm. and within the first five minutes... I thought it was like the campest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> it's got a great opening. Uh, um, so Red Sparrow is about uh, a Russian dancer, ballet dancer, uh, who uh, suffers an accident, we'll get into the specifics, um, and can't dance anymore. Her uncle works in the SVR and uses her, who kind of basically brings her in um, to be used as what, what they call sparrows. It's a construct for the film. It's not Sparrows are not a real... Uh, it has a great cinematic thing. legacy, though. We've seen that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Honeypot. Yeah, from Russia with Love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they are literally trained to be kind of sexual, well, sexual super spies, and they, they, they know exactly what um, their, their, their seductees want and how to fit into their lives and get what they want out of them. Mm. Um, and that's what she is kind of turned into. Yes. Spoilers now coming up. Mm. There are a few nuances to the plot that you've recounted that I want to um, elaborate upon. So, you know, within the first five minutes, what happens is she's this prima ballerina uh, and she's dancing with Sergei Polunin, who, in my view, is the most exciting ballet dancer of the moment. He's just thrilling to watch. Um, so, you know, that's an extra plus in the film. But what happens is he's dancing with her on stage and there's a fall and the fall means that she loses her dancing career she has her right leg outstretched and he ju- and in, in in one of these beautiful leaps he jumps and lands straight on it and breaks her leg that's right uh and then her uncle comes to see her and leaves her this phone uh which is a conversation between her rival at the Bolshoi and the Sergei Polunin character, which makes it clear that it was deliberate. Mm-hmm. So she goes <laughs> to, to confront them with her walking stick, finds them making love in the shower, and basically kind of bashes them silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so now you have this very determined, focused person who doesn't have the resources to... Uh, take care of her mother and keep her in the uh, health care that the Bolshoi has thus far provided. Yeah. So that's almost like, that's just like the first five minutes really. Um, and I found it kind of fascinating because of course there's been all these stories about the Bolshoi that, you know, kind of there were all these rivalries and people have thrown acid on each other's faces and, you know, kind of there's a whole kind of background to that. It resonates. In this film, it's a very minor point. Really. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah. kind of, you know, the beginning. Um, but I thought I'd point it out because it's just so much fun to watch, I it's thought. It's a great opening. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and, you know, it kind of it starts this, this intrigue and sort of high drama. And, um, and it's, it's also intercut with 
the uh, American character who comes to the film later on, and so you have this you can, as the as the music. I don't know what the ballet is, but as it's kind of building up, it's also building up this tension in in what's happening with the American. You don't know what's happening there. There's some sort of spy thing, it's chase, and so on yes. and so forth. So um, it builds. Basically, you, after the start, you're going, "Oh, I want to know what happens in the rest of this." This yes. is great. Um, and I think for the first hour, the film is really interesting. Um, actually, it was it, it was only when the um, you see the high command of the SVR looking at uh, a dash cam video of what happened in the park with the American yes. spy that I realised it was set in the modern day. I think the film. I, I think this is deliberate. I think the film is basically trying to show... The aesthetic is um, like 1970s Cold War Russia, right? Yes. The, the architecture and the colour and the lighting and, the, and even the costume. It's only when a bit of modern technology shows up in the film that you go, oh, no, wait, this is set in 2016 or whatever. Actually, um, the film has this thing of saying that the Cold War never ended. Charlotte mm. Rampling's character says this at one point, who's this, this kind of Russian matron who teaches all the girls to be sexual fab. She says the Cold War never ended, it just became fractured, fragmented, went into all these different places. Mm. And and I think the film is quite deliberately portraying a kind of old school, stereotypical really, image of what you always thought Russia looked like. But it's it's sort of saying, but now it's it's still 2016, it's still like this. Yes, I mean, you know, the film has this contrast between Russia, which is basically seen as this totalitarian state, where kind of people in power have no care of people without power, except insofar as they're useful to them. Otherwise, they're instantly disposable, uh, and the whole idea of uh, personal freedom has no meaning whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a culture in which you're meant to serve. Uh, and it's contrasting that with America, in which the idea of personal freedom is, and I quote the Joel Edgerton character, still an aspiration. I, it might not no longer exist either, but at least people aspire to that. Mm. So, you know, that's basically kind of the dichotomy that the film places these characters in. And I think it's a very, very interesting film, actually. Yeah. You know, um, the well, for, whole, that, for that first hour. I found it uh, interesting until the end, really. So, you know, um, there, there's a scene... So what happens is that the uncle basically sets her up. Yeah. Right. So she's meant to go and meet with this high official and basically take his phone or, you know, get She's meant to swap it out so they can, they can phone. spy on him. But in fact, the uncle arranges so that, you know, uh, they kill the guy. And this is all without her consent. And then because she's a witness, basically, um, either she goes to this training school, which she later calls a horse school, or she dies. Yeah. Mm. So she's given no option but to be kind of a spy that uses her sexual allure and other skills. So, you, you know, there's like this montage where we see them picking locks and, you know, kind of getting all kinds of technical skills. Um, uh, and either she does that or um, she dies, basically. Uh, so, and those whole training sessions are quite um, brutal in a way, right? And, and also I thought very interestingly filmed. So, you know, there's quite a lot of nudity uh, and you see, you know, quite a lot of Jennifer Lawrence, but actually the people who you see entirely frontally nude are the men in that academy, mm. which I think is very, it's a very interesting contrast. Uh, so, and it's all about power, really, you know, uh, and manipulation and so on. 
I thought, you know, that was kind of um, interesting. And of course, some people are broken uh, um, by that. Uh, so, um, and after, you know, she gets trained and without really finishing her training, uh, she's sent on a mission, mm. which is um, to find this American guy, get him to fall for her, and find out who he has a mole in the high command in Russia that's and they right. want to know who it is that's right. so she has to find out who that is the plot gets a little bit convoluted and that's one of the problems I have with it mm. is you know by the by the the end of the film it's all over the place as to exactly who's doing what and there is some it's a problem that a lot of films in the spy genre have I think which is where you don't really know who to trust and when to trust them and you should be suspicious of everything everyone says and up to a point that serves the film because it puts you in this place of of the, like the right level of confusion at the right time, but by the end of the film, when people are actually when Jeremy Irons, who's one of the high command in the SVR, comes to Jennifer Lawrence and says, "I'm the mole," he says, "I'm the mole," and um, the reason I'm the mole is because you being being born in Russia is like being born into a prison, mm. and you know America has more freedom or whatever it is, and and. And actually, he makes quite, he makes quite an American sort of argument because what Americans like to say when they're criticizing their government is, you know, love the country, hate the government. You know, it's what the government's doing to the country is what's wrong, but the country is great, which is asinine. But um, but that's the argument that Jeremy Irons makes in this is basically what these people are doing to Russia hmm. is is what I hate, but I love my country, so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but but, uh, but the point is, he's coming out to her as the mole, and even then. Like, basically, he's telling the truth. And, and I'm going, what's he up to? Because, because also, the Russians have been so suspicious of Jennifer Lawrence at, at this point that I'm thinking, what if Jeremy Irons is coming to her saying he's the mole? Because what he says is, I'm not long for this world. I reckon the Russians are about to, about to find out who I am. So you give me in, right? You say, I found the mole, it's Jeremy Irons. Um, then you will be praised and you will get my job and you're so much better at this than I am that you'll be able to continue my work with the Americans for a long long time yeah. what if he's coming to her saying that and being dishonest and saying if she gives me up then that proves that she's a baddie and we will, ha we will offer I, 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 I wasn't thinking that I was thinking exactly that he was right See, that, there's no. I think the film makes no has no way of, dis, of distinguishing well, between what you're supposed to believe and what you are. No, no, I think it, everything. I think it does because you know you only have a star like Jeremy Irons in that you know little role if it's going to carry some weight, and I I fully expected that. Yeah. Um, I, I had problems with that. I think that it gets to the point where it's too it's too convoluted, and then mind you, the twist at the end after that is good when it turns out she's framed her uncle. Yes. That's nice. Yes. And she's a bit of a bitch. But what I wanted really, right? I think that I think that first hour, until basically she's sent on her big mission, the first hour is her being taken into the school and being taught all this stuff. And what that promised was it like it built this really brilliant, really convincing sort of totalitarian world in which your body doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the state and it's on loan. Mm. And you don't you don't have any... I mean, there was this thing about how, like, this film was, apparently was supposed to be Jennifer Lawrence sort of reclaiming her body mm. after the new photos leaked and things. Yeah. Which is quite interesting, considering that this film makes a point of her body not belonging to her mm. and her body being used as a tool by other people. Mm. Um, I mean, the film, the film kind of fits into erotic thriller territory but it has a higher aspirations than erotic thrillers tend to do and, and also, also it's not sexy also, enough well that's it it's, I also think it's unclear of how much it wants to titillate yeah. but it does it does have this thing of saying like 
you know, Jennifer Lawrence's character is a victim and she's being forced to do this, but oh, isn't she sexy though? Like, yeah. Well, you know, it has know. its cake and eats it. She well, she's but, a star, that's But the what that totalitarian world building promises, I hope for, is is an ending, like a nineteen eighty four ending, right? The end of nineteen eighty four, the state completely wins. Yeah? And Winston Smith is brainwashed and he goes back to society and he loves Big Brother. And what I wanted at the end of this was, it was obviously we were going to get this thing with the American of giving her a way out of Russia. And, and I thought, you know, if that's what happens, then it's going to be asinine and adenine and atonic and all this stuff about how, how America is, can still win and stuff. And I think what, in real life, America has already lost because Russia is so much more ruthless and has no limits on what it'll do, which is why they go poisoning people in cheap cafes in Salisbury. And and then and, and it's obvious that they're you know it's the high command doing this and, and they go who cares and the film makes a point of saying you know it has this thing of Joel Edgerton and going I would never make you do that you know we have limits on what we'll do but I think what the point what the, the film should be saying ultimately is that is why America isn't going to win because America has these well, but I don't agree with you so but of course um, that's not what happens well so what, you know, a, I think it's a good thing that that's not what happens uh, so and I I don't agree with that analysis at all. Um, my main problem with the film was that it's very poorly directed. So, um, what's his name, the director? I don't know. <laughs> it's something like Fred Williamson or... Fred Francis Willi- Lawrence. He's done three Francis- of the Hunger Games. Okay, Francis Lawrence. Uh, and, you know, and I, I remember criticizing this in the Hunger Games. Like, you know, there's nothing to look at. If you look at the films... You know, um, the Red Sparrow, it's almost all shot in close-ups or medium close-ups, right? And it's a film. So, you know, kind of... um, The film kind of, in a way, really does nothing visually. Um, It also kind of doesn't know how to create um, sexiness, yeah? It's not sexy. And yet it is meant to be an erotic thriller, you know, so kind of... The sex part is at least as important as, as, as the thriller part. Uh, and I think it kind of fails at both, actually. Um, so, you know, in that sense, you know, the film is a disappointment. And I think what carries it for me is actually the plot, you know. Uh, yeah, so the basic premise, the idea, the concept, the plot, and then the actors. Because I think she's phenomenal, Jennifer Lawrence, in this. It's definitely the actors. And oh. and and thing carried with me was the promise of what the plot would be after that first hour. The, the second hour was all the reason I I stayed with it was because I was hoping for a good ending, which I didn't get. What I was imagining was imagine what somebody like Brian De Palma could do with this material. Mm. You know, yeah. it would have been sexy. It would have been exciting. It would have been thrilling. It would have been fantastic to look at. You know, kind yeah. of uh, he'd have had amazing shot sequences and you know and so on and so forth. And really, kind of, this works purely as a star vehicle for Jennifer Lawrence. But, you know, I think she's worth it. She's amazing. Uh, you know, she's, she's constantly interesting no matter what she does. Though I also do think that, you know, I, w- I was reading some reviews, um, and there's a very famous one by Manola Dargis from the New York Times, you know, just talking about how great Jennifer Lawrence is in this. Um, and I think it kind of also loses the point because it's got an absolutely amazing cast, mm. right? It's like Jolie Richardson is the mother, Mary Louise Parker 
is like you know this American um, uh, or this person who's wanting to, to sell American secrets uh, and then it's got Jeremy Irons and Sean Irons who's fantastic uh, um, uh, Corian Hines like it's almost like a you know, she's surrounded by this incredible group of people, of which, you know, the only really disappointing one for me is uh, Edgerton. Mm. Um, I, think he, I think he only does one note. He can be very good, but if he's not doing earnest, he can't do it. And actually, you know, this film calls for something more stylized uh, uh, um, and kind of um, more theatrical. You know, um, so yeah. uh, uh, he he's really like he plays <laughs> it like he could have been a farmer, you know, yeah. uh, in danger of his crop or something, and like some farm drama, you know, kind of. This is not that kind of film, and it calls for a different type of acting, mm. you know. Um, so and, and you know, the campy thing is true. It's like it, you know when you have half the cast doing silly Russian accents and talking yes. like this, like that should be the tenor of the film. Yeah, it is a bit silly. Yes. it's quite silly. And you know, despite the fact it has some some, some real darkness underneath it for a long time, it's also perceived, which is why I think that 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 you know that ending that I want would be perfect. If it's supposed to be a kind of pulpy '90s erotic thriller silly thing, then having an ending in which it turns out that Jennifer Lawrence has genuinely been brainwashed and is now going to be king of the Russians. Would be amazing. That'd be the perfect way to end it. No, I I, I like the ending, uh, and actually, if it had been better made, there would have been room for lots of sequels, you know, which I think would have been uh, brilliant. Um, but just to go on the note about performance, you know, just to say that my measure for this, you know, is Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Right? Really? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. All right. You know. Uh, um, the the stars are charming. It's slightly tongue in cheek. You know, it's kind of you know they're giving star performances in which kind of they are always doing something interesting. You know, that's not realistic. That's kind of almost like you know very stylized and very enjoyable and kind of tongue in cheek and very glamorous and sexy. And you know, these are not meant to be your neighbors next door. The film is not about that. You know, so I think it calls for that type of heightened performance style. And Joel Edgerton doesn't... Edgerton doesn't reach that at all, no. Um, um, you're right, he's, he's probably the worst thing about the film. Um, but, so, so what ending... What, so you said you disagreed with my analysis of what the film could be saying or should be saying. So what, what, what do you like about the ending and, and the film the way it is? Um, I thought the ending was a complete surprise. Um, you know, because like, there's, whole thing about, there's a whole thing throughout the film about kind of double crossings, right? Uh, so, you know, there's this initial thing where he's being tortured and she joins in his torture uh, and you wonder, you know, how that's going to develop and what's going to happen. Mm. And then there's the trade-off at the end where, you know, you're waiting for one person to be traded off and, you know, the person that's traded off is in fact her uncle. So, you know, which I love because basically she gets her revenge uh, on him. Um, and then basically what ends up happening is that she be now becomes part of the establishment in Russia, and rather than having one mole, they have two, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so there's the there's the possibility for all kinds of operations to take place, kind of within the Kremlin, you know. So um, I thought that was brilliant. I think it was completely unambitious. 
I think the ending is really unambitious. Like I say, I think it's in this perfect place to do something really silly and really weird and really dark. And it just goes, you know, America wins. Welcome to the welcoming arms of America. You are now a mole for us. I just, I really, I really want her to be genuinely brainwashed and for the for there to be a pit in your stomach at the end, you go, oh shit, we lost. Uh, I got, um, That's, that, this is the perfect... If, I, 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 you could never imagine that with the film the way that it is. I disagree. You know? I was imagining it all the way through. Well, I don't understand why you were imagining such a silly thing. Because, because it was a silly film. Even within the bounds of that silliness, I, you know, you would never get it. This is a, you know, a film in which the whole culture has been against her, kind of like right from the beginning. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's deprived her of her art, it's forced her into prostitution, it's forced her into killing people, and so on. And then you want the film to have her brainwashed into kind of thinking that that's the greatest thing ever? Yeah, because it's, cause it's that proves how evil it is. Oh, imagine how much bigger a hit, would have, a hit the film would have been if actually Joel Edgerton had rescued her and, you know, they'd gotten the mother out and started a new life in America, which is really the ending that you expect. So actually, for me, this was a surprise ending. This yeah. added a level of darkness that's not there, which is, you know, I think maybe why the film didn't do as well as it could have. Because, you know, what you expect is kind of, you know, a romantic conclusion that's also an extraction, a complete extraction from that place. So to bring her back to that place is quite dark. Aside from everything, the lovers are separated. So, you know, in terms of a thriller and a romance, it defies, you know, uh, expectation in those two ways. Mm. Not enough. <laughs> well, uh, 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 uh. I, I do like a lot of it. Like I said, I think it. it, it, it I know. I, I wish I had seen it at the cinema because I think that 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 you know that first half of the film is really good and would have been even better. There. There's this thing of, as you said, it is all about power. There's this thing actually I noticed. It, it's discarded for the rest of the film, but it happens in that opening hour. It's this power stance. Which is, which is leaning back on... First time it's a bed, second time it's a desk. It's leaning back and, you, and like leaning back on your arms, outstretched, yes. and, and your legs spread. And it's this yes. sexual power stance. Yes. And the first time you see it is when uh, J-Law is in the hotel room with the guy who she's there to, to swap mm. the phone off. Um, he says, take off your clothes. And uh, he sits there on the bed with his. I mean, it's actually quite unnatural. His legs being spread like that. It's not quite. It looks a bit weird, and it's clearly been done for this purpose. So it will be reflected later on when they do it a second time. So he sits there with his with his arms back and his legs spread, and and he's the one who has all the power in this. And it becomes a rape scene um, that she is then 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 rescued from um, by the guy who comes in and murders the guy. And then you get into the 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 sex school, and. Charlotte Rampling keeps on trying to get them to fuck in front of the class, basically. Mm. And, it, and there's this whole thing in there about, about your body not belonging to you. You're doing this for a purpose. You ha- and you have to give yourself... You basically have to give your, your body to the state. And your mind. Otherwise, it's not believable. So you have to give yourself wholly to it, is what Charlotte Rampling keeps saying. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's one scene in the middle of it where um, they are, they're introduced to a load of soldiers, young soldiers who've come back from wherever... Uh, they've been they've been stationed abroad, and and Charlie Mackie says welcome them back, and J Law goes off with this young one, um, and you see them in the hotel room, and then it cuts to everyone's watching it on this cinema screen, which is great. Mm. I don't really see that coming. The idea, I mean, it has this thing of you are being watched all the time. Yes. Um, 
and they're analysing what she did in front of the class. And Charlotte Rampling says, you know, you said all the right things, you did that and the other, you did really well, but you picked a young guy because you knew that you wouldn't have to give yourself to him, and that's what you need to get your head around. Well, it's, um, it's evident in that scene that she did not only pick a young guy, she picked a gay guy. Oh, was it? I didn't really pick yes. <laughs> So, you know. <laughs> well, he, 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 I suppose he was certainly very nervous around it, wasn't he? Yes, he was. But, um, so, so that she wouldn't have to go through with it. So, which demonstrates two things. You know, one, Charlotte Rampling's point, but the other one, how smart she is, yeah, to kind of maneuver herself out of these situations. That's in the middle. And then, um, and so you've had that, and then what comes back is that there's uh, she, one of her classmates, uh, well, classmates, he's kind of a rival, he clearly doesn't like her, um, tries to rape her yes. in the shower, and she beats him up. Um, and... And that leads to this thing, which is like the culmination of that whole section of the film, which is where uh, she, they're in the class and basically they're trying to get them to fuck again. But it's this thing of give him what he wants. Mm. You know, that's, that's the point, of give him what he wants. And so the guy comes in and he says, turn round. And she says no. And she, she disrobes and she, uh, in front of him. And so she's completely naked and she gets on the desk in that power stance that the guy was doing right at the start. And she spreads her legs... And and it's it's this really intimidating sort of thing, and he can't get it up, mm. and he calls her a bitch, and she, and he leaves, and she says what he wanted was power. That's what, and that's what she denied him, yes. and so that's the culmination of this whole thing. I think, and that was, God, it was so interesting, mm. and 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 I think apart from the fact that it was, uh, it was kind of, I think it was a bit tame on the sex because it doesn't it, it doesn't know, it, it doesn't want to go full R eighteen. It wasn't but, it wasn't tame on the sex. It just wasn't very sexy. Okay, yeah. Um, but apart from apart from that, it's you know it's portrayal of, of of sex and and learning to kind of take control of your sexuality, but also it's not really take control; it's use it for someone else's benefit. It, and, and it was it was really dark and really it was very dark and very interesting. And it just throws it away. Um, but for me, it raises kind of very interesting questions about cinema in general. You know, one is, uh, well, they're both interrelated, really. So, you know, because this is like a, um, like an erotic thriller, yeah, spy film. Uh, and if you imagine it, the lead being a man uh, instead of a woman, you imagine two things. One, the, the sexual element would have been completely de-emphasized, mm. right? So, you know, there is something kind of disconcerting about Jennifer Lawrence constantly being put under sexual threat, you know, like she's raped, she's, uh, you know, or there's attempts at raping her. There's several in this film, actually, mm. like, a, you know, three or four, um, you know, which is kind of, yeah, you know, you never have Brad Pitt kind of going through this. Um, so, so there's that element. And then the other element um, you know, which you often get in these spy thrillers and which I found having a female star raises different questions. Two things, first of all. First, you know, there's always like this trope where the hero gets captured and tortured, right? It's a staple of the James Bond films. When it happens to a woman, it feels weird, right? Kind of, you know, the torture scenes feel... Gen well, there are, are they are obviously gendered, but it, it's it's uncomfortable viewing, yeah, in a way you know that I don't feel when I watch. I didn't find that, I must say. Well, I do. 
um, yeah, it kind of, there's something about a female star being tortured, you know, uh, in ways that are often sexual, uh, um, that uh, it, it raises interesting questions because, you know, one of the things is you can't just put a woman in the middle of like a genre like that without making other alterations, really. Yeah, so this trope of the hero being tortured, it has a different meaning when it's a woman who's being tortured. Um, and the and connected to this, um, which I thought was you know a fault in the film, and also the reason why maybe it didn't work very well, the director couldn't figure out a way of showing the female star doing action in a way that was entertaining and believable. And very different, for example, than, you know, when Scarlett Johansson did it in, I forget what the film is called, but that, you know, that it felt like a... Well, like the Avengers or something else. No, not the Avengers. Oh, um, um, Lucy? Lucy. Or Atomic Blonde? Or in Atomic Blonde. Those would be two good examples in which, you know, kind of uh, uh, both of those stars kind of are shown, um, you know, very interestingly doing action in a way that also, um, that they use their sexuality. Um, yeah, this kind of, this this feels different for mm. me. Yeah, I mean, considering, I, I've only watched the first Hunger Games film, which obviously he's kind of been in charge of, of a bunch of them, and if, if, if the rest of them are as sort of bland in the action as this is, then yes. really what's the draw? You know? Yes. Um, well, the draw is well, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence and the books in that world. and yeah. But actually, you know, you could imagine somebody doing a much, much better job on all of those films uh, than he did. And actually, that's, you know, that's my criticism of this as well. You know, like I said, you just kept hoping that someone like Brian De Palma would have directed it, really. I feel um, like that with most films, I think. Just imagine what Brian De Palma would have done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. But also, um, what's his name who did Lucy... You know, uh, Luc Besson. Luc Besson would have done something kind of, you know, very yeah. entertaining with this, right? Yeah. Um, and this does feel kind of bland and unskilled. And I want to highlight the unskilled thing, you know, because I feel that in spite of the production values and the budget, you know, and actually quite a magnificent cast that does wonders, it still feels a little bit to me like a TV movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I just just found out he didn't direct the first Hunger Games. That was directed by Gary Ross. Okay. He did sequels. Right. Um, he, he did I Am Legend, which I have seen. I have not seen that. Which was also not good enough. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And Constantine. I, I kind was, of like that. I like Constantine. I never saw it. Actually. Um, Is that Kate Beckinsale? No, it's Keanu Reeves. Um, I'm thinking of something else. Then. Check it because I might be wrong, but I think I think it is. Keanu yeah, Keanu Reeves, Rachel Vice, Charlotte Burke, Tilda Swinton. Yeah, so I like that. Um, but and I and actually, I think it's Underworld or something. I can't remember. Anyway. I I think we've been we've been um, going on so long about about the faults that kind of we're losing sight of the virtues, um, and I so I just want to um, go through them again. Basically, I thought the whole scene at the beginning was just fantastic. You know, like we, a great opening. I thought the scenes of that sex school, the Red Sparrow school, you know, I thought that was equally 
kind of, you know, um, interesting. Um, and, and then there are all of these things about how she maneuvers um, men who are meant to be her superior, you know, so when she's stationed in Budapest and, and so on, that I think are kind of, you know, very interesting as well. And then actually the whole episode with Mary Louise Parker, I thought was wonderful. Yeah, this, the aide to the senator, chief of staff for a senator who's selling info to the Russians. That's right. Mm. Um, so That's I, where the film really started to get too convoluted for me, though. Like, as much as I liked the, the tenor of what was going on, the plot is starting to get so com- complex that it actually started to lose me quite severely. Well, I think that's, I think that's probably true. Um, but I also wanted to highlight the, the, the darkness and how unusual it is to see that in a big budget kind of American studio film. I mean, you know, because the film has... um, Well, the film has things that you can't put your finger on, and some of them you can, but that are very dark. So, for example, the mother tells her, I've always tried to keep your uncle away from you, right, because he was too interested in you when he was a child. So, you know, there's a suggestion of pedophilia of incest, mm. right? Then also, at the end, with the mother, I had a moment of doubt as to whether she actually knew what, all that was going on and whether she might have been on in on it or something. Yeah? Right. Like, yeah, how, how you know, because... Well, that's a bit like me and Jeremy Irons going, I don't know who should be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yes. So, so... Um, I think that's quite an, uh, you know, it's quite amazing for, you know, the leading star of her generation to kind of accept this role and kind of, you know, give herself to it in the way that she does. And she is just phenomenal, Mm. I think. You know, like the accent wavers all over the place, but she's developed kind of a look and a posture and a way of moving, and a kind of a blank stare in which, you know, you get the, f- the sense that she's constantly weighing things and she's not giving anything away that I think is kind of quite extraordinary. Yeah, that's true. Like I say, I still, I still wish the ending was mad and dark, but the I, way that the ending is, I, I think there is some real... I love the twist element to it. I think it works really well. Um, I always just want things to be more mad. Yeah, well, get real. Um, Ah, Well, I think when she looks back, uh, you know, to him, it's basically, you know, I've supported you. Yeah, like you, you know, kind of, because he instantly realizes that's not his mole, right? So, A, his mole is safe, and she's done it for him. But there's also an element of, like, no one saw that coming. Well, that's true. No one saw that coming. Who's she to be trusted? (laughs) But she is to be trusted because she's done it for her. And that's why, you know, the phone call at the end has the resonance that it does. Yeah. Oh, I'm in love. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how you're so schmaltzy about everything except romantic love. (laughs) Well, we'll get real, in your words. (laughs) All right, shall we wrap it up here? I rec- I recommend that people see it. I'm sorry I missed it on the big screen, and I'm very glad to have seen it on DVD. Yeah, I'm glad I've seen it. I think you know, it, 
that, that like I said, that whole first hour, up, everything up until she leaves the school, is brilliant. It's really, really good. And after that, when it becomes more traditional spy-y, what's actually going to happen in the real world type thing, it starts to lose me. But the ending does bring it back a bit. Also, aside from everything else, it's just an opportunity to see the greatest female star of the moment be great. You know, so actually, I think it's worth seeing for that alone. Yeah. All right, well, thank you very much. <laughs> we uh, are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Uh, and uh, we welcome your feedback, so please do get in touch with us if, there's, uh, if you have any thoughts on this film yeah. that we might not have covered. It's all right, Red Sparrow, isn't it, really? Yes. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you very much.